You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. Amen. Well, great to be together with you guys. Uh, excited. We're starting a new midweek series on dating tonight. And um, this is a series that Marshall Mead put together. I am not Marshall Mead. I'm Brian Craig. Great to meet you guys. Uh, if you can't get Marshall, I'm the next best thing because uh, we're, we've been best friends about 25 years. So I'm uh, standing in for him tonight. But he's going to be here next week. And uh, the reason we're doing this, uh, you know, Steve Marici preached a, a lesson on some of the principles, the biblical principles of dating last spring. Uh, you guys might recall that. And... Uh, he asked for index cards if you guys had a comment or a question. And uh, there was an overwhelming number of comments. We need more teaching on this, and we would like more teaching on this topic. And so uh, because of that, the desire for more teaching, uh, we decided we would do more teaching on that the next time we all got together, uh, as that was our last midweek together last spring. So we thought, well, when we come back together, let's do more teaching on this. And several of the singles brought up this series that had been done in Orange County on Christian dating uh, that Marshall had put together and with the team there uh, in, in, uh, in Orange County. What are they called again? The Edge Ministry? And uh, so this, this uh, series that they did was so successful that you had singles even driving from like the Inland Empire or from out in Palm Springs or whatever to you know, come and be a part of this series. And so we thought, well, let's just, they've already put it together. Let's just use that series. So one of the things they use is, uh, is a book called The Sacred Search. Uh, so we're going to be touching on that. We're going to have those books available if you'd like to purchase those next week. And he's going to be hitting that in a future week. But anyway, this, I, I have his notes tonight, but I've kind of made it my own. So this is an introductory lesson, and then Marshall will be here next week. So uh, he's the one that put this together. He is responsible for that pun right there, finding your soulmate. That's not my fault. That's his. Uh, but when it comes to uh, when it comes to finding your soulmate, you might feel a little like, well, this doesn't apply to me. I'm already married, or I have no interest in being married. Um, you know, being single is a great thing. Jesus was single. The Apostle Paul was single. Uh, Paul even told people, you know, being single, you you don't ha- you add a lot of you add another layer of of things to worry about when you add marriage on top. So being single is great, and you might not be interested in even getting married or finding a soulmate. But, and we, we've led groups before, my wife and I, where we had like single moms and marrieds and singles. And, uh, you know, it's always hard if you feel like we're, we're dealing with something that doesn't apply to you. Like if it's a parenting mid lesson or if it's a marriage lesson and you're not married or, you know, but, but we are one family, right? And we exist in, in a ministry or in a place where... Uh, in a city where everything is so much about relationships all around you. Uh, if you go to a theme park, you see all these couples. If you watch TV, you know, every show has some kind of love interest part to it or every movie or every song. I mean, how many pop songs are about relationships? What percentage would you guess? I, I don't even know how to find out, but it seems like almost all of them. So, you know, this is, a, this is an important issue in our country, and it's an important issue for our family. So even if you, if you feel like this doesn't apply to me, well, it probably applies to somebody sitting right around you or somebody you have a relationship with, and we need to help each other with these 
kinds of, of, of principles. Does that make sense? So that's why we're all doing it together. Uh, my daughter, um, you know, talking about how everything's about relationships, we have kind of an ongoing joke because she likes to watch the Disney Channel. She's 12, and she started watching Disney Channel a year or two ago. We, you know, we didn't, I don't really like the Disney Channel, and, you know, I kind of made that known to her. And, you know, we, we, I, I said, it's, it, every show, it's all about relationships. You know, the, you're only 10 years old or 11 years old, and, and these shows are just, you know, about which guy they like, which girl they like, and all this kind of stuff in the Disney Channel. And, and, and she, she's like, no, it's not. It's not all about that. Just once in a while and whatever. We, we had a good talk about it. But, but the ongoing joke is every time I come in the room and she's watching it, they're talking about relationships. And she says, no, it's, it's not. It, it just started right when you came in. Or, you know, it's just this one. It wasn't the last one or whatever. So we have this ongoing joke about it's all about relationships. But... Uh, so, so this scripture I wanted to share with you, these are the, the uh, lessons we're going to be doing. Um, the big picture, part one. Part two, the sacred search. Part three, what does the Bible say? And um, I don't think I put the scripture on the screen, but it's uh, Philippians 2, 4. It says, each of you should be concerned not only about your own interests, but also about the interests of others as well. Each one of you should be concerned not about your own interests, but also about the interests of others as well. So if Christian dating is not, you feel like, an interest of yours or something that you need personally, well, be concerned about the interests of others, because this is a huge deal in the singles ministry. A lot of people in this ministry want to find a soulmate. A lot of people in this ministry want to know, how do I date in a spiritual way? Amen? So I'm going to say a prayer, and then we're going to keep talking here. Let's pray. God, thank you for opportunity to open your scriptures together. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to just talk together with this series about uh, Christian dating and what we should be aiming for and what our approach should be. God, help us to be different than the world. Help us to be a shining light to a lost world that doesn't really know how to do relationships. And God, I pray that your kingdom can really be a great example of, of, a, of a great way to, to, to find a soulmate and to to build a family if that's a desire of ours. And bless our time tonight as we uh, share this time in your, in your word and uh, talking together. And, and uh, bless the time of fellowship afterward. So great to be together and see each other's faces. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So defining terms a little bit when it comes to Christian dating. Uh, first, uh, the word Christian. If you are kind of new to the church or you're, you're a guest tonight or whatever, you might hear We'll use the word Christian, but you also might hear us use the word disciple. Are you a disciple or is this person a disciple? And that might seem kind of odd to you. But the reason that we do that is the word Christian is actually not in the Bible much at all. It's only in there three times. And, uh, and one of them, it's referring to the Christian churches. There's only one time that really defines it, and that's in Acts 11, where it talks about how the disciples were called Christians at Antioch, it gave the disciples this term. Uh, this is m- much later into the development of the church that after Jesus' ministry. So uh, Jesus never himself used the word Christian. What he used is the term disciple or, or student or a follower. So if you want to do a study from the Bible on what it means to be a Christian, you've got to do a study on what does it mean to be a disciple. And the word disciple is in the Bible a lot, 270 times or so. So Jesus talked a lot about what it meant to be a disciple. And so you can look at those passages and go, that's what it means to be a Christian. That, that's the term Jesus used for a Christian. So when we talk about Christian dating, we're not talking about kind of the, the loose term Christian that sort of 
it sort of lost its meaning in our society and in America. Christian kind of just means a flavor or kind of a type of approach, a worldview. But when we talk about Christian dating, we're talking about follower of Jesus dating, discipleship, disciple dating. You know, people who are are really committed to Jesus and following his teachings. That's what Jesus said it meant to be his disciple. It meant you follow my teachings. You do what I say. You, you imitate me. You live in the way I live. Just like I washed your feet, you wash others' feet. When he, when he was talking about serving and loving and giving. Just like I'm going to the cross, you carry your cross and you follow behind me. Total commitment, he talked about in Luke 9. So that's what we're talking about when, it, when we're talking about being a Christian. We're talking about a real Christian. Does that make sense? So if you, you know, if that seems unfamiliar to you, to you or you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, we'd love to just open the scriptures. That's a great Bible study just to do. What, look, what does it mean to be a disciple? What does the Bible say? Just look at some of those passages and talk, talk about how does that apply to our life here in 21st century? What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus? That's what we're trying to do is be disciples and make disciples. Amen? So that's, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about Christian. When it comes to the next term, dating, you know, this is very much a modern social concept. You can't do a Bible study on dating. And that's because uh, the whole idea of dating is a very modern idea. In the time of the Bible and, and, and for many millennia, the way that marriage worked is it was an arrangement. It was your parents that set it up for you. Aren't you lucky? You know, they picked somebody... Here's the person you're going to marry. It was all arranged. So even when Paul wrote all these passages about marriage, it helps sometimes as we counsel married couples, you know, and, and, and couples start to think, well, maybe I married the wrong person or maybe I, you know, I, I, I made a, a wrong choice. or I picked I, I messed up. I didn't get into the right relationship. Well, you know, all these passages Paul wrote were to people whose parents picked the marriage for them. So marriage can work, even in that situation. So how lucky we are that we get to choose who it is that we're pursuing, and we can choose who, who the relationship is. But it's a modern idea. So when it comes to dating, we've got to look at principles in the Bible and then apply them. What, would, what does a disciple of Jesus look like in a dating situation? And we know that what, what it, whatever it is, whatever the disciple's approach, whatever a Christian mindset to dating is, it's going to be very different than the world. Whatever it is, we know it's going to be a lot different than the world. Romans 12 says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's something different about being a Christian that applies to every aspect of your life. We might feel like this goldfish here heading in a different direction than those around us. And that can be uncomfortable. You know, we aren't made to enjoy that feeling. We, we like to kind of go along with the group. You don't like to go against the grain. Uh, when I was uh, about 23 years ago, I was working as a waiter. Uh, my wife and I, before we got married, we, we both moved here as singles and we were helping to build the L.A. church, the, kind of the early stages, earlier stages of the, of the L.A. church development. And uh, we both got jobs. I was working as a waiter. And uh, I remember talking with a co-worker of mine about my dating relationship. And it was a little, you know, it was an interesting conversation. He, this is in, in Long Beach, and he was gay, and he was involved in the gay scene in Long Beach, and, uh, you know, talking to me about that. So I was talking to him about my 
relationship with my wife, and he was flabbergasted that we'd been dating three years and had not had sex. That just seems so weird to him. And I, I can still remember that, you know, that feeling from him like, that is so weird. That is so different. It just does not compute. Three years. And it wasn't because I didn't want to. It wasn't because I wasn't attracted to her. It was because we were trying to do it a different way. So it became an interesting conversation of sharing uh, what, what I was trying to do in terms of following the Bible and how, you know, we'd go on double dates and things like that. It just was so different to a guy who, you know, sexuality was a big part of his life and his lifestyle. And, and the fact that we were going on double dates and we, you know, it just was like, whoa, it's like a whole different language. And, uh, you know, in a way he kind of thought it was cool. Well, maybe not cool. He kind of thought it was cute. Um, you know, but, but, you know, you don't, I don't want to be cute. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Guys don't really want to be cute necessarily, but you know, 23. And and so in our relationship, we were working on building our friendship first and we were attracted to each other because of our relationship with God first and foremost. And, and, uh, it wasn't like, I mean, I'm, I just, it wasn't like the movies where you're just like, whoa, you know, and I just, this is the person I'm going to live with the rest of my life. First instant I saw her. You know what I mean? I thought she was cute. We had a great talk. Our, our, our anniversary was, uh, of our first conversation uh, was uh, uh, 20, it was on July 4th, and it was 1989. So uh, our first long conversation, it was during the fireworks, you know, we had a long conversation. And... Uh, I didn't watch any of the fireworks because we were just talking. I was talking to her about... I'd just come out of the teen, so I was talking about teen ministry and stuff. But, but you know, it, it wasn't like this, oh, I just found my soulmate. It was just, we get along, you know? And then, and then when we started dating, it was uh, steady. It, was, it, it wasn't like, okay, I want to spend the rest of my life with this sister. It was like, well, of all the sisters in the ministry, I'd, I would like to just go on dates with her. I mean, that's what steady dating is, right? So it's... Would you be my girlfriend? Can we go steady? You know, and, and then and the more we got along, that's just we really connected on a friendship level. And we really built a great friendship, and then then the feelings come, and then you know more. It, it, you you do feel like wow, I, I do think I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. I remember a big uh, kind of kind of counting the cost moment, or a like oh is this it moment was when her parents. My parents moved. My parents moved from Denver to... I grew up in Denver, and, and she, my wife grew up in Evergreen. So uh, my parents moved to uh, from Colorado to San Diego. And so I had all these odds and ends that were mine that were in my parents' house. So I needed somewhere to put all those. So her parents offered that I could put these boxes, about four or five boxes, in their garage. So I remember that being like a big thing, like, wow, my stuff in her parents' garage... That's a big, you know, that's a big thing, you know. And, and uh, but you know, now, like, looking back 23 years later, uh, we celebrated our 23rd wedding anniversary in March. I am so glad that we built that foundation in that way. I'm so glad that we did save ourselves for marriage. Like, I, I have no regrets about that. And uh, I'm so glad I didn't do it the worldly way, you know, but I, I, I really strove to do it God's way. I don't, I don't take any credit for that. I feel like it's, I had a team around me, like brothers that held me accountable and sisters that held her accountable. It's like we're part of a community. We help each other, like I was talking about. Uh, but I'm just so, I feel grateful to God 
uh, for the kingdom way of dating. Here's a, uh, the message translation of this passage. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. I love, I love that translation. We can, without thinking about it, start to blend into the world or start to want to blend into the world. And the point that Paul is telling the Romans is, don't do that. Don't, don't think like the world. Don't be like the world. We're supposed to be different, and that's going to sometimes feel uncomfortable. But there's kind of a glory in that. There's kind of a, a joy in that. Uh, my, my son and I watched uh, The Matrix for the first time this last week. He'd never seen The Matrix before. And uh, I didn't realize it's a rated R movie, so, you know, that was kind of a big thing for him to watch a rated R movie and stuff. But uh, it's a good movie. But what I like about The Matrix is this idea of it's a different reality. Everybody's in this other reality that they don't see what's really real. But the real reality isn't all that great in, in one sense, you know. The one guy wants to go back to his his, uh, you know, being plugged into the matrix because he doesn't, the real reality is tough and it's hard, but it's freedom and it's real. And that's the way the kingdom of God is. Sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's difficult, but it's real and it's right and it's worth it. And uh, so there's two words that Paul uses here in this passage. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Conform and transform. Those are two very different words that he uses. I want to show you these Greek words for these. So I'm not going to try to say those, but I just put them on the screen for you. The first one, conform, uh, it's like to assume a certain form. Um, So don't conform to the pattern of the world. It's like you're assuming a form, but it's not the real you. Does that make sense? You're conforming. You're, you're conforming to something else, but it's not really you. So he says, do not conform to the pattern of the world. Don't, that doesn't really fit you. Don't try to conform to that. Instead, be transformed. That's the word metamorpho, you know, where we get the word repentance from, or it's a transformation, metamorphosis. It's from the inside out. It's a whole transformation. That's why that last, in the message uh, version, it said, then you will really be changed from the inside out. This idea of a transformative experience. That's what the, the discipleship uh, model is supposed to be. That's what being a Christian is supposed to be, is you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's a whole different worldview that you have. It's, it's not so much that you're how you act, it's who you are. It's who you are from the inside out. So when it comes to dating, it's, it's who you are from the inside out. It's who you are as a Christian approaching this subject of dating. And we're going to get into more practicals, you know, in the weeks ahead. But tonight we're just sort of setting the framework of, of just the kind of way of approaching this topic. Does that make sense? So not like the world, but being like God. Weird because normal isn't working. You might have seen that slide before. Uh, the world might look at what we're doing as weird, like the, the coworker I had. But how well is the world's pattern working? You know, how well is that really working for relationships? And think for a minute, you know, what the world pattern is. You see it in every TV show. Uh, you see it in every movie. I mean, I, I can't think of a movie where people didn't... It wasn't just a given where people were sleeping together before they got married. I mean, that's just the standard in movies now or in TV shows. Or 
I mean, the, the world pattern is very different than what you read in the, in the scriptures. And, but it's not working. I mean, the, the, the couples that the world holds up or the uh, examples in our society, their relationships are not working. There are very few examples in Hollywood or in politics or, or people that are well-known where, where, wow, that's a marriage I want to have. Very, very few. Uh, so it, it, why, do, why are we attracted to the world in the first place? It's not like it really works. Uh, there's, there's heartache, there's breakup, there's divorce, there's wrecked families. How many of you uh, here have had your life significantly affected by divorce? How many here? So look around the room. I mean, this is affecting so many of us. Um, and if it's not, you know, you, it's somebody close to you. Uh, divorce really affects people. It really affects families. It really affects development for, for, for their whole life. And, uh, and so the pattern of the world doesn't work. What is the pattern of the world? What is, when you think about the pattern of the world, what is the pattern of the world? Well, you know, th- there's usually a focus first on physical attraction. It's, uh, is there chemistry? Is, am I physically attracted to this person? How does he look? How does she look? Uh, and there's an immediate bond with that. And there's very few limits. You know, sex is usually really soon in the relationship. And, and, and there's f- uh, physical attraction and there's sexual chemistry. That's, the, that's kind of the starting point in a lot of cases for worldly relationships. It sort of starts with the physical, doesn't it? Uh, and then, so then the, the physical is there. And then, you know, the emotional bond, how is that typically built? Well, after there's the physical relationship, there's just time spent together, often constant and, uh, you know, deep and deep conversations, constant communication. But there's a lot of times a fixation on each other uh, to to the detriment of all other relationships. You know, there's just a fixation in that connection. And, and then, you know, over time that, that, that can can be tested that and, it, and it, a challenge comes in and then it's tested. And, and there's just that physical structure starting with and then the emotional and there's not really a foundation so then okay well maybe we need couples therapy or maybe we need something to try to build some kind of foundation it's almost like starting with the foundation last and uh you know if you think about uh physical construction constructing a building now this is definitely marshall mead's territory here he is a civil engineer so this is actually a building that he worked on so these are his uh, slides here but this is a building in orange county and when you see that building, it looks really cool. The first thing you notice is this is an all-glass building. So the first thing you notice is that outward appearance. And it looks really snazzy. I don't know if people use that word anymore, but... You can bring it back. Hashtag snazzy. It looks... Uh, so, so, you know, it, it, this is it at night. It looks so cool. And, and that's when, when it comes to relationships, the, the analogy here, the glass, the glass is called the cladding. It's what you see first. And the glass represents the physical, the, 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 the um, sexual relationship. And it's almost like you're starting to trying to start the building with the glass. And then, you know, you have this glass 
outer thing and okay that looks beautiful it looks great and now let's add some emotional structure and so then you try to add some beams in there and then oh that's failing so now let's try to put in a foundation obviously that's not going to work and so the the proper way that you build a building whoops first things you dig deep this is the actual site of that building you go really deep you dig deep and a lot of times they'll even hammer that ground down uh, to get it ready. We had a new house built right next to us. And uh, for where before there had been a, a garden and, and it was a bigger plot of land and they cut it in half and added a new structure. So the ground, I guess, wasn't solid enough. So they would bring this machine out that just pounds the ground. So my wife and I, we, had, we work from home, but we had to leave our home because... It would be just pounding the ground for hours on end. All our dishes like, uh, for hours and hours on end, just pounding that ground, getting it ready. So a lot of times, you know, if you talk about Christian dating and really wanting to have a great spiritual relationship, it should start with yourself and your own relationship with God. And sometimes there's some self-work that needs to be done. I want to be the best version of myself for God I can be. I want to focus on me and God. I want to get my sustenance from Him. Uh, that needs to be your foundation. And uh, because otherwise, if you add on top of that and you don't have that the, the right ground, it's not going to be stable. So you start with that, the, the, the hard work of, of working on yourself. This is, again, another picture of it digging deep. Then you build the, the foundation, the spiritual foundation. And the way this works, that's them bringing in just... Uh, Truckloads and truckloads and truckloads and truckloads and truckloads of concrete. Uh, for this house next to me, I mean, it, it, it was a trench like four feet deep of, of concrete for this house to go up on. And, and uh, you, you, you start with building a spiritual foundation. This is before you're thinking about the glass out on the outside. You d- build that spiritual foundation. Then you build the emotional healthy frame emotionally healthy framework so that's when you start building the friendship on the spiritual foundation you build the fr- the the friendship and marshall says that one thing that's key in this is what's called ductility the ability to to flex the ability to to move around a little bit what kills structures is rigidity and that's true in relationships you know, uh, there is stress in life. And if there's not ductility there, it's not going to be lasting. And so you build an emotional framework. You build a friendship and, and, and a friendship that's able to handle some stresses Bef- long before sex comes into it, because that just brings it to a whole different level. So you, 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 br- you build that emotionally healthy framework. Some pictures of them building that. So this is all that same glass building we looked at at the beginning. Then you seal the deal. This is them uh, finishing the structure and adding the glass. Sex appeal. That's the last part. That's the the physical. That represents the physical relationship. So you know this was put together by Marshall. He he he'll probably elaborate on it, on this model a little bit next week as a civil engineer. He could speak more to it. But I just thought it really worked. You know, I thought was there another analogy from music or something I could use? And I was like, no, this is good because it really is. Uh, it, it helps you have a visual of, okay, I want to build in the right order. And the world, the pattern of the world is not the right order. It's not the right approach to a lasting relationship. It doesn't have 
the framework that's needed to survive. One more analogy here, and that's the idea of, oh, this is the last, uh, how good it looks from the outside, be a model for others to see. One other analogy uh, that we're going to look at here for uh, Christian dating is what are you aiming for? What are you, as you're thinking about your own people you might be interested in or your own approach to finding a, a spouse, what is it you're aiming for in the relationship? Is it an emotional bond? Is it physical attraction? Uh, are you just looking for a natural infatuation, a natural chemistry? Uh, what are you aiming for? And uh, because whatever you're aiming for, you're going to eventually, that's the target you're going to hit. It seems obvious, but you're not going to hit what you're not aiming for. And uh, so we're, we're going to watch a video right now on a guy that, and, and how he aims at, uh, at a target, and then we'll kind of make a spiritual application from that. Parallels here, you know, with the idea of the trajectory, you know, he missed it by, what was it, an eighth of a second or something? Oh my goodness, eight milliseconds, yeah. Uh, so the, there's the idea of the trajectory, like how fast are you going uh, and that's where, you know, it comes in handy to have advisors, to have people around you to, you know, maybe you need to speed things up or maybe you need to slow things down in terms of, of the relationship. I know with, with Dessa, it was really great to have a great relationship with her discipler, Debbie Cook. Uh, it was Debbie Davis at the time. Some of you guys know the Cooks, Wade and Debbie Cook. But, you know, I would talk with her and she, Dessa had, uh, she had a relationship that wasn't, wasn't very healthy when she became a disciple and she broke off that relationship because of some of the nature of the physical relationship and the guy wasn't really interested in God and uh or at least in that time and uh so she she made the decision to break that off and and she had had kind of a string of not the best relationships the way she says it she says she was mean to guys she says that she was a heartbreaker and you know so she didn't want to date in the church because she was afraid of being mean to somebody, afraid of hurting people. And so she didn't, she wanted to take it slow. She didn't, didn't want it. So we went on, you know, our first date and, and our second date and it seemed like we were interested in each other. But she, she didn't want to, you know, date someone steady. She didn't, she wanted things slow. So we went on, you know, our first date was in the summer of 89. And then our, uh, we started dating in April of the next year and we went on nine different dates. And, uh, you know, I asked a lot of advice. I would talk to people that knew her. I would talk to Debbie, you know, and, and I remember Debbie telling me, you know, I'll, I'll let you know when she's ready. And so, uh, you know, she and, and our relationship was it was just friendship. It wasn't a lot of ooey gooey. You know, I mean, I remember the first time she wrote, uh, I haven't told you lately, but I like you a lot or something, you know, and, and like a thing. She gave me a card after it. I was like, wow, she likes me, you know. <laughs> Uh, she wasn't the most expressive person, so when, when, when I got that, I was like, yes, I'm hanging on to this. And, um, you know, I found out uh, there was uh, another guy in the ministry that liked her. And uh, the other guy was, uh, you know, he was handsome and buffed, and he was an ROTC. And, uh, you know, he was kind of the golden boy of the ministry. All the sisters liked him, you know, and I found out he liked her and I was so insecure and so, oh man. And, you know, but it would, but I just took it to God. I remember praying, you know, God, you know, you're, you're control of all things. And, you know, uh, you know, if this is good for me or bad for me. And, you know, I remember sometimes, you know, half of my prayer time or three quarters of my prayer time was just about that one situation, you know, 
don't let it happen, Lord, if I'm not ready, you know, and, and all, that, all that stuff. And uh, he was a little more forward with her. Like he wrote in a, in a card, he wrote, I know Brian likes you and we both like you. And uh, I just trust God and, you know, whatever. And trying to be sort of super spiritual. And that sort of turned her off like, oh, man. And uh, but I remember when, you know, but I would talk to Debbie. It was just helpful to have advisors. So Debbie could kind of help me with, should I go faster? Should I go slower? And I remember Debbie gave me the thumbs up. Yeah, she's ready, you know. And uh, it was so exciting. So I was going to ask her to be my girlfriend. And then um, this, this date. So we set up this double date with another couple. And uh, they were going to start going steady, too. And she knew about that one. So I think she was kind of guessing that we were probably going to start going steady because this other couple was. And we were going on this double date to this kind of pretty spot by this creek near Boulder. But then that week, and this is kind of how things used to happen in the church back, back then. But on Wednesday, we were going to go on a date that weekend. On Wednesday, there was this emergency meeting that I was invited to. And uh, so I went to this emergency meeting before midweek. And this was with the whole Denver church. And at this meeting, they said, we're going to be sending out the Salt Lake mission team. And you have all been chosen to go on the Salt Lake mission team. And uh, so I was like, wow, what's going to happen with dating Dessa? You know, but I don't know. Maybe I just need to give it up for the Lord or whatever. You know? uh, but uh, and, you know, going to Salt Lake, you know, I kind of thought, oh, man, that's the seat of Mormonism. You know, maybe there's going to be Christian martyrs there and stuff. And, you know, it's kind of intense in my 19 year old brain. It was like so intense, you know. But uh, anyway, so then at the we had this big midweek with the whole uh, uh, church, the whole Denver church. And they mentioned we're going to be sending up this team to Salt Lake. And will all those who've been chosen, please stand up. So I stood up, you know, I'm going to Salt Lake and Dessa was sitting right there. So she saw me stand up and she instantly started crying because she'd finally given her heart, you know, and now I'm leaving her. And, you know, I remember trying to talk to her afterwards, but we didn't really have much to say. But I was kind of partially encouraged. And I was like, oh, she does actually like me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so I talked to the campus minister, Dan, and, you know, should I still ask her to go to be my girlfriend and stuff? And he was like, oh, yeah, go ahead and ask her. Who knows what's going to happen with that mission team and stuff? <laughs> so I was like, okay, Awesome. So when I asked her to, if she would be my girlfriend, you know, that weekend, she was totally surprised because the other couple kind of went off to talk. We kind of went, they went for a walk. And so she thinks they're just going to, he's going to ask her to be his girlfriend and we just have to sit here and wait. You know, so she was not ready. ready. <laughs> so then I asked her and, uh, you know, asked her if she'd be my girlfriend and, you know, kind of, re- I was just so panicked, you know, but kind of read her a card and then asked her and, and she said, yes. Yeah. So I asked her if I could give her a kiss. So I gave her a little, you know, peck on the lips. Uh, and then, uh, at the end of the date, I'll tell you this too. At the end of the date, I, for the second, I tried to give her a kiss at the end of the date, but I closed my eyes too early. So I like went in and I caught her like right there. And she says that I just ran, like <laughs> I just ran away. I kissed her right there and then ran away. Oh my gosh. But, uh. But anyway, we didn't go to Salt Lake. You know, we uh, we ended up not we ended up coming here instead uh, and coming together. But this idea of amen. Yeah, I'm really grateful that that she became my girlfriend and then my wife three years later. But what are you aiming for? You know, he said that if you are aiming for a beach, he said the key is so we can all be great archers. Now, he said the the thing is, is a beach ball and an aspirin 
They have the same center. And the point is just aim for the middle. And so if, you, if, you're, if God is the center of your life and you're aiming for someone who God is the center of their life, it's going to work. You know, if God is the center, it's going to work. No matter what the other details are, if God is the center, that's going to work. That's a promise. If you hold God as the center of your life, the person uh, you, you will really want to marry, it's going gonna, it's, it's to work out because God's going to be at the center. So I have a, a D-time assignment for you this week. And again, if you're visiting with us, we call it D-time is short for discipling time. We find that the best way to learn about discipleship is from each other. Because we don't have Jesus in physical form with us, but we have others around us. We learn from each other. So we get together and have discipling times where we just talk about how can we be more like Jesus and what can we learn. And uh, mostly it's just we're friends and we just talk about our lives. And, but uh, I have a, an assignment for you in your discipling time this week. Number one, have a conversation about what you're aiming for in a relationship. If that applies to you. If you're not aiming to, to date anybody, if you're not interested in that, then amen. But if you are... What are you aiming for? Like, honestly, what, what, what are you seeking in, in your life? And then number two, be open about any ways you've allowed the pattern of this world to affect your thinking. Because the pattern of this world can affect all of our thinking. Even if it's just, I feel weird, or I feel different, or, uh, you know, it's hard at work with, you know, guys asking me out, or girls asking me out, or, you know, how has the pattern of the world is it, how is it affecting your thinking or, or tempted to affect your thinking? Does that make sense? So those two things. just want to give you that challenge. I think it, that we can grow a lot in if we put some of these uh, things into practice and just talking with each other about it. So I'm looking forward to the rest of this uh, series. Uh, Marshall Mead will be here next week, and uh, he's going to be talking about the big picture. And so feel free to bring friends, kind of explain to them what we're doing. This is a, an idea of really approaching dating from a, uh, the perspective of, of discipleship. And I'm sure we'll get a lot out of this series as we go through it together. Amen? So with that, you're dismissed. Have a great time of fellowship tonight. You've just listened to the Elevate Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.